Welcome to Florida Matters More, the podcast for Florida Matters, WUSF Public Media's show about the issues and events that Floridians care about. I'm Robin Sussingham, host of Florida Matters. You can hear Florida Matters Tuesday evenings at 6.30 and Sunday mornings at 7.30 on WUSF 89.7 or streaming on WUSFnews.org. This week on Florida Matters, we're talking about the future of bus rapid transit in Tampa Bay, and we're going to keep the conversation going with Dennis Heinbaugh, the Program Director for Transit Research at Cutter, the Center for Urban Transportation Research. He's also the director of Cutter's National Bus Rapid Transit Institute. Brad Miller is the CEO of the Pinellas Suncoast Transit Authority, and Sharon Calvert is co-founder of Hillsborough County's Tea Party and a longtime critic of expensive transit projects. Thank you all very much for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So some people have said this may not be the gold standard for bus rapid transit. Dennis, what are they talking about? Well, there is an agency, ITDP, that does uh, work internationally, and they have a, a, a level of BRT that they rank from silver to bronze to gold. Uh, but that's in systems internationally that, that are carrying over a million riders a day in a city, Bogota, Transmillennial, Mexico City, real big cities. Here in, here in Tampa, uh, I don't know that we strive to be, we, we want to be gold in our uh, permanence, in our level of service, in our quality of service, but not in our cost. Uh, one of their big attributes is, is very expensive systems. And I don't think that we have the need for that here in, in the Tampa Bay area. So. We'll strive to be premium and strive to be the best, but I don't think we need to be what, the, the what gold. Are, what are we going to be giving up by not spending that much money? Well, one of the, one of the things that um, most true bus rapid transit systems across the United States and other places are systems that have that are developing and have ridership along their entire corridor and are not usually in the middle of an interstate like this is being proposed for. So. One of the criticisms of this is this isn't really bus rapid transit. It's more of an express bus system using the dedicated lanes of the interstate. Now, they've made some changes to it to have the stations be developed off of, out, you know, off of the inter- middle of the interstate down at, at the grade level. Uh, but whether this, whether this turns into, as Dennis saying, a true bus rapid transit, probably not. It's quite long, 41 miles between Wesley Chapel and St. Petersburg. And hardly any riders will be dri- riding it the entire distance. Um, folks work, say they go from St. Petersburg to West Shore or Wesley Chapel to downtown Tampa. Along the route, it will operate in an express mode, be a rapid mode, but whether it meets the definition of a gold standard BRT. So it's got, what, something like 23 stops? 21. 21 stops there, there's on a that. Stop, so a, you'll be stopping a lot. There's a stop. Of course, they'll probably have different services. But, I mean, there's a stop, literally, take the bridge out because you can't stop, every 1.6 miles. So when you do look at that, you wonder about the rapid, but I, I'm assuming they'll have multiple services and express service. You do wonder about the rapid. I mean, are you going to get there any quicker than... Well, that's the whole point is to make it rapid by having less stops. I mean, the, the simplest systems in the in the nation uh, have stops every half mile. Right now, if you went to a local bus service in Pinellas or Hillsborough, there'd be a stop every other block. So right. a, a mile and a half mile. is good then, oh, is what you're saying. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like on our Central Avenue BRT, which connects downtown St. Petersburg to the beaches, 
we already have a service, the, a trolley that runs that same exact corridor and carries, it's our highest ridership route in the whole system. But it stops, as Dennis says, at almost every every block, it seems. And it takes over an hour to go just that distance because there's just so much, so many stops. This rapid transit only has, our, our, our system only has 17 stops. And with signal preemption to allow the buses to go through the traffic signals, allow require the passenger to pay for their fare before they get on the on the vehicle, um, like a rail system, that will speed it up, we think, by about a third. It'll be a third faster than the existing route. And to be, to be clear and to disagree a little bit with what Brad said about whether this is BRT or not, this system, this regional system, meets every definition of the Federal Transit Administration for federal funding. So it, right. it is BRT in the eyes of the U.S. government. It may or may not be a gold standard in the eyes of this organization that does international right. uh, BRT right. systems. Okay, so you think it's good. Yes, Dennis, it, yeah. it just operates in such a unique way. It is a little hard to get your head around. It is. There's express service out there. There's going to be... Uh, BRT, clearly BRT services. So it's a mix and match, but it's it's the right mix. It's taking advantage of every situation it can take. So what's it going to be like on the bus? You're, I know you're going to have Wi-Fi. Um, is it going to be plush? Is there going to be a bathroom? <laughs> and what's it going to be like no, on it's, that? It's, it's not, not going to be like a great you're not on <laughs> that long to need a bathroom. <laughs> well, uh, you never know. Yeah. Um, no, I think it, I think it'll be very very comfortable. You know, we're looking at options for well, maybe there needs to be luggage racks if we're going to have a lot of tourists riding it to and from the airport. If that's mm-hmm. a, a major hub, then can you bring a bike on it? Uh, many of the systems you can actually bring your bike onto the vehicle and store it inside rather than rather than just in the front of the bus. So that that's an option, too. But I so, would like to also just bring up again, and it's been mentioned, is while this is a spine, um, for it to work, you have to have all the connections. And so we really need to understand what the cost of the entire in, you know landscape. Right. So you're saying you like. leave your car at home, you take the bus, but then when you get there... Well, you, you get have off to the get bus to the stop, bus. and how do you get to your office? Exactly, because, I mean, that's just the spine. For example, if you go across the bridge to get to the Carillon, you know, work center, that's a pretty lengthy walk, you know, to try to get to your office. So there's got to be a lot of the connections, and I guess my question is, you know, um, how much is that going to cost, and, and does, you know, the public need to understand the cost of the entire landscape. Otherwise, it's not going to work yeah. because you can't get to your endpoint. Yeah, that's a great point. And Brad, you're not really going to have this problem probably in Pinellas, what you're talking about, going from downtown, which is a very walkable area, to the beaches, which is going to be where you want to be at the beach. But in other parts, when you're heading all the way up to Wesley Chapel, I think that's a, that could be a, a point. Dennis? I mean, for example, this system is going to have 10-minute service in the peak but if you're feeding it with 30-minute service, that's not going to work. So we need a much better, robust local transit system in all of our communities. Right. Well, and w- one system that we're experimenting with just now in Pinellas County and have been uh, sort of a leader in the transit industry on is maybe maybe we can partner with some of these new technologies like Uber and Lyft. Maybe in a low-dense developed area like, say, the Carillon Business Park, which is be one of the major job centers in Pinellas County that this would connect to, Maybe it makes more sense to take this rapid line up the spine and then maybe get a discounted or more low-cost Uber ride to your, to your job. Um, 
and rather than running an expensive circulator bus to uh, to all the different jobs and around that low density area. And in some of the business parks, there's a fine example of a place to put in automated transit, uh, have an automated vehicle. They're, they're operating them in uh, Babcock Ranch and other uh, big communities here in Florida. Um, Hart is looking at, at one. They're looking at one in Gainesville. Uh, I think PSDA is looking at, at autonomous shuttles. Uh, that would be a fine example to have in a, in a business park environment or in a downtown area. Yeah, I think, I think actually it, it's going to become easier to connect people away from the stations to the spine in the future with all these new technologies. We had asked for uh, comments from our listeners for this, and here's something from Linda Sims, and I want to get to get your feedback on this. Linda Sims says, high-speed buses, seriously? Let's drag Hillsborough County kicking and screaming into the 20th century. We moved here four years ago from the Midwest. The first thing that struck me was the lack of mass transit and urban planning. Now is the time to fix this growing problem, and not with a Band-Aid approach such as high-speed buses. So some pretty big criticism there. Now we talked about, is it a Band-Aid or is it a um, incremental approach? Well, BRT is not a consolation prize. It's not the second best. It is a quality premium service. So I, I would take exception to, to, to that comment. It's something new though that a lot of people aren't used to. Uh, from the bigger cities, you've seen rail for a long time. Bus rapid transit is relatively new to the United States. And this is from Robert Thompson from St. Petersburg. People are more likely to leave their cars for light rail, heavy rail fixed guideway, as it is a continuous smooth ride that is always fast and efficient. BRT does not offer this ride. So, well, well I, I disagree with that because SunRail is a perfect example. Um, and which is, you know, in Central Florida. I mean, the SunRail's in Orlando, that in, Orlando area. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, people aren't even with the construction of the I-4 Ultimate over there along the I-4 Quarter, um, the ridership is, you know, below their low estimate to begin with, and uh, their fare box only covers 5% of their operating costs. I, I've heard that in many of the meetings we've been attending about this project, especially from Hillsborough County folks who are wanting also to look at rail options in their community. Certainly, there are benefits to rail. Uh, there are benefits to rail systems, just like there are for this bus rapid transit. And in fact, in Ottawa, Canada, they've had a bus rapid transit system connecting their downtown for a long time, and they are converting many of the lines now, 20, 30 years later, into it, into rail lines. So maybe that is in the future of... Uh, well, that's what they say. Once you get a taste of transit... No, yeah, it's that, a catalyst, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the a, idea of it being a catalyst. Mm-hmm. Having something that fe- people can feel and touch and ride one time, maybe to a beautiful sandy white beach, maybe that will uh, have folks feel comfortable with this might be something that they w- would do in the future. Mm-hmm. But you also got to look at the reality of today. Which is? And the reality of today is what you had mentioned at the beginning is vehicle ownership is up, vehicle miles traveled is up, the economy is better, people have more job opportunities, and transit ridership has declined. So you can't not ignore that. And, there's and the gas big, prices haven't been too bad. And there's a big unknown Historical out low. there with technology. So, you know, you just you just got to be careful. And I think doing something incrementally is the right way. Um, I do believe that, you know, the if it, the, the Hillsborough County or City of Tampa wants to look at something Tampa-centric, it probably should not be included right now in the regional plan. I think that will cause confusion to the public um, if they take that out with the, with the regional BRT as well. 
That is Sharon Calvert, co-founder of the Hillsborough County Tea Party. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks, thanks for being here. Brad Miller is the CEO of Pinellas Suncoast Transit Authority. Brad, thanks for being here. Thank you. And Dennis Heinbaugh is the program director for transit research at the Center for Urban Transportation Research. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. Listen to Florida Matters Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 7.30 on WUSF 89.7. You can always find it online at WUSFnews.org. I'm Robin Sussingham. Come back next week for another episode of Florida Matters More. And subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher.